Good day and welcome to our Bible study. Hope everyone had a blessed and wonderful week. We're going to continue on today in the Gospel of John. We're in chapter 14 and we're going to break up chapter 14, this section right here, into two parts. So the title of today's lesson, part one, is Jesus Confronts His Disciples and Promises the Holy Spirit. So let's review from last week. Last week we seen where Jesus was talking to His disciples and He was telling them that He is the only way to the Father. However, we also seen that the disciples, they were confused with what Jesus was telling them, which tells us that they really didn't understand who Jesus truly was at that time. They had spent three years with him. They knew they had seen the miracles. They had seen the, 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 the great and, and, and wonderful things he did, but they really didn't understand that he was truly the Messiah that the Old Testament prophets was, had spoke about. So we're going to continue on with that lesson and we're going to move on to where he confronts his disciples this week. And he promises them that the Holy Spirit, he's going to leave them an advocate. He's going to leave them a comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. So let's jump into today's Bible lessons. Open up your Bibles to John chapter 14, starting in verse 15. And this is what it says, 15 through 23. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask my Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me, because I live you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. So let's go back up to verse 15, and let's decipher and let's break down what Jesus is saying here. Jesus starts off in verse 15, and he says, if you love me, keep my commands. So he's saying, if you really love me, then you're going to put me first place. You're going to walk in my ways, which means to give in order to glorify. Now, why do I say that? Because it's to glorify the Father. So we need to ask ourselves this question. Is my life rooted in giving of myself for God to be glorified, amen? Which means this, and Jesus says this, you must deny yourself and you must pick up your cross and follow me, Jesus says. And that's exactly what we have to do. Because if you do this, then your life will move in a marvelous direction. It will move in a great direction where you're gonna see Jesus and the Holy Spirit moving within your life. And, and, and what direction is that? Jesus wants us to move by means of the Holy Spirit 
in a direction in the ways and in his purposes, in his will, in his plans of almighty God. Amen. But but if you believe this pagan perverted teaching that God is here only to answer and give us the desires of our own flesh, of the desires of our own heart, this ungenerated and, and materialistic world that we live in. And, and that has not been established because it doesn't exist. But if you believe this, then you're sadly mistaken. And, and no matter what you achieve in life, no matter what you do, no matter what you behold, you will never be satisfied. You see, it's only when we are used as an instrument for Almighty God to glorify Him. That's when we find true satisfaction. Amen. Now, if we go back to the scripture, he says, if you love me, this is what he says, keep my commands. Now, this is something here that we need to be very careful about. You see, there's many people that say and believe that his commandments, the nature of his commandments, which Jesus says, they're very different from the Old Testament commandments. But but that's not true. That, that's not the case at all. Now, I want you to notice that Jesus unites love in his commandments. Now, how do I know that and why do I say that? What proof do I have? Because Jesus says, what is the greatest command? Jesus tells us, love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself see these are the two greatest commandments according to jesus now we can summarize these two commandments because it's rooted in love and we know that jesus is love amen and that is how jesus recognizes the law so when we talk about the torah commandments when we talk about the law the torah we can summarize them with one word and that word is love. You see, things that you do, because you do them in the love of God, in the love of the Father, because of that, you're going to love people. You're going to love your neighbor. Who's your neighbor? Anyone you come in contact with. And, and what you want to do is you want to bless these people. If you have true love, God's love, the Holy Spirit that's moving in you, because God is love, Jesus is love. Then, then you're going to want to bless people. You're going to want people to experience the truth of God. Amen. And this is what begins the foundation of our prayer life. You see, the things we ask for need to be rooted in these two things. Why? Because it's the character of God. How many times you hear me preach and talk about when you in moving in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is in you which means Jesus is in you and you in him, that we need to take on the character and the attributes of Jesus. Amen. We need to live in a way that Jesus lived and Jesus loved people. So through these things, blessings, telling them the truth of God, you following the truth of God, you taking on his character and attributes, all these things you do. Why? So God can be glorified. Hallelujah. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. Now, this is where we see that Jesus 
first begins teaching about the Holy Spirit, right? Now, he says another advocate. The Holy Spirit is also called the Comforter, our Comforter. You see, he says advocate because advocate brings or gives advice and brings comfort to you and to your life. And this is exactly what the Holy Spirit does. He gives us advice. He moves in our life. He teaches us. He empowers us, right? So we can get to the right place and experience the right things according to where he leads us. And those things you will never perceive on your own, people. Never. You, you will never be able to understand where God wants you to be, what God wants you to do, the things that, that he wants you to do through him. You can't do that naturally. You can't do that by the flesh. All these things come by means of the illumination by means of the Holy Spirit. So he's making a promise here to us, right? If you want to glorify God, he says, if you want to glorify God, you got to live in his character. And if you live in his character, then you're going to keep his commands. You're going to keep his commandments. You're going to follow his commandments because that's what motivates you. See, when you have a relationship with Jesus by means of the Holy Spirit, the illumination of the Holy Spirit, then all you want to do is please God, please the Father. And when you do that, that pleases the Father because you are following in His Son's footsteps. You are taking on the attributes of His Son. And that's what Jesus is telling us here. I will leave you an advocate. I will leave you a comforter. But you got to invite him into your life. You have to have a personal relationship with him. You need to listen to where he leads you and guides you. Amen. Verse 17. He says, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be with you. Now, he speaks about the truth of spirit. So what is he talking about here? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. You see, it's only through the Holy Spirit that I know and that I understand the truth of God. It is through truth that this freedom comes and only through truth. And what is that freedom? A freedom to serve, a freedom to obey Almighty God. He says the world cannot accept him. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, he says, for he lives with you and will be with you. Now, I want you to notice the separation that Jesus says between the Holy Spirit and the world. So what he's telling us is this. If your prayers are rooted in the things of this world, then the Holy Spirit is going to remain silent in your life. He won't move. The only thing he will be doing, the Spirit will be convicting you. And every time that you reject, every time you grieve the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will become quiet and quieter and quieter and quieter until you can't hear him anymore. Because your heart gets hardened, just like Pharaoh. Pharaoh's heart was hardened. So the spirit, if you grieve the spirit, he's going to convict you. And when he convicts you, you pay no mind to it. You don't listen to it. 
And every time you sin, every time you disobey His commands, every time you go against His commandments, the Spirit's going to convict you, but you hear less and less of the Spirit because you just totally reject Him. And I'm going to tell you this. This is how most of the world is today, sadly to say. However, this is what he says. If you know him, meaning Jesus, meaning the spirit. Remember, the spirit's not it. The spirit is him. It's Jesus Christ. Amen. He says, if you know him, if you know the spirit, he lives in you and you in him, then you are of his kingdom. That's what he means by this. So you can either hear him. Because you are of his kingdom or you can ignore him. You can grieve the spirit because you are of this world. So let me ask you this question. Does your neighbors, your family, your friends, the people you work with, people in general, right? Do they see that kingdom importance in your life? Do they see that kingdom quality in your life? Do they see your life as a testimony to the kingdom hope that you have or do they see you like the rest of the world? I mean, you may go to church, and that's great that you go to church, and you may spend time in church every weekend, but what you do after you get out of church? Are you living like the rest of the world? Or are you committing your life to Jesus, to holiness, to righteousness? Because that's how he looks at you. He wants you to be holy. He wants you to live a righteous life. He, you need to separate yourself from the world. So he tells us here, there has to be a separation. A separation between us, believers, righteousness and holiness. And those like the rest of the world. Because if there isn't, if you live like the world, right? You may be religious. But if you're living like the rest of the world and only go to church on Sunday or Saturday and, and, and you like the rest of the world the rest of the week, then it does you no good. There has, and if you live like that, you must know that you must separate yourself from the world because Jesus says we're going to live in this world, but we're not to be a part of this world. Amen. And if you live like that, you need to examine yourself. You need to examine if Messiah, if the Holy Spirit is really in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. So he says, once again, he's telling us, right? He's telling his disciples and he's telling us because really he's talking to his disciples, but the message is for all of us. He's telling them, I'm fixing to leave. I'm fixing to leave this earth physically. And I'm fixing to be put to death, meaning his crucifixion. But he gives us, a promise. He's saying, even though I'm not going to be with you physically, I'm going to be with you by means of the Holy Spirit, by that advocate, by that comforter. You see, Jesus died. And we all know on the third day that he rose. God the Father raised him from the dead. Why? Because he did the Father's will perfectly. He stayed on this earth for 40 days. Then he ascended back into the heavens to be with his heavenly father. And if you're a believer, he's telling us here, if you're a disciple of mine, 
If you follow me, then I will always be with you. How? By means of the Holy Spirit. But all we need to do is invite him into our lives, people. We need to have a relationship with him. My question to you is, do you have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you sit down every day and do you pray? Do, do you allow the spirit to move in you, to lead you and to direct you? Because if not, then you're not as close as you think you are to Jesus, to God the Father. Now, I often speak about this, about the spirit. There never was a time that Jesus didn't exist. The spirit was always present. How do I say that? Because if you look in the book of Genesis, and if you look in chapter 1 at the very beginning, I believe it's verse 2 or verse 3, I think maybe it's 2 and 3, it tells us that the spirit, right, it was dark, but the spirit hovered over the deep. You see, before this, the world had lacked order. You can say it was in chaos. But through the power, by means of the presence of the Spirit of God, it became an orderly world. It began to reflect the will and the order of God. And this is exactly what the Holy Spirit is for us. The Holy Spirit, Jesus, wants to bring order into our life. And when we speak about God's order, we're talking about His will. We're talking about His plans and His purposes for us to glorify Him and to glorify the kingdom. You see, but you will never be content in life until you're walking in the Spirit, until you are obedient and do the Father's will. And the only way you can do this is by means of the Holy Spirit, by having an intimate relationship with Him can all these things be accomplished? So, so what we need to pray, we need to pray for God's order to move in our life, that we be submissive to listen to the Holy Spirit. See, if you don't do this, then you're grieving the Holy Spirit, people. And if when you grieve the Holy Spirit, it's just what I said earlier. You reject Him. You hear Him less and less. He becomes, he becomes more quieter in your life. And sad to say, that's what the majority of the world is today. They grieve the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, before long, the world will not see me anymore, he says. But you will see me because I live, you also will live. Now, he talks about the world here. He says, before long, the world will not see me anymore. Now, world means the loss. World means those that grieve the Spirit, unbelievers. Those people not allowing the Holy Spirit to move in their life, to work in their life for a kingdom purpose. So Jesus is saying and telling his disciples, and he's also telling us that in a little while, the world will no longer see him. See, Jesus is talking about his death. But he also says this, but you will see me. See, Jesus is speaking right here of his resurrection. He's speaking of the 40 days that he was on earth before he ascended to the Father in heaven. And his disciples saw him. His disciples were with him. But he also says this, because I live, you also will live. See, 
This once again is speaking of his resurrection, but also his ascension into heaven. That he's going to leave something for us. And that's the advocate, that is the comforter, that is the Holy Spirit. And because we are believers in Him, that we walk in His ways, we are, are submitting to His will and His plan and the purposes for our life, for the Father to be glorified, He's telling us and He's meaning that we will be with Him in the kingdom of God. Amen? Verse 20. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. So this speaks about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. This is when he ascended back to the Father. This is when he, he leaves that advocate or the comforter for us. And we're going to speak more about this and we're going to see more of this when we get to the book of Acts, which is going to be the next book we get to on that day of Pentecost. Verse 21. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So whoever has my commands, he says this first. What does he mean? See, he keeps going back to his commands. Commands, biblically, you need to understand, speaks or means intimacy with God. So it's about relationship. That's what he's telling us here. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Whoever follows him, my commands, whoever walks with him in his character, has his attributes, then they're going to follow his commands, meaning you're not going to want to sin. Now, you're going to sin because we're all human. But the minute you sin, the Spirit's going to convict you. And what are you going to do? You're going to repent. And you can come back on that narrow path. Remember, there's only two pathways that lead you to the eternal kingdom of God. It leads you to heaven, but eventually heaven turns into the kingdom of God. And there's a narrow road and a broad road that Jesus speaks about in the gospel of Matthew. And he says many, many will be on that broad road, on that wide open gate that leads to what? Destruction, meaning hell. But very few will be on that narrow road that leads to that narrow gate that leads to the eternal kingdom of God. So what he's saying here is if you are interested in keeping the commandments of God, if you are interested in putting the words of Jesus, Yeshua, into your life, then don't say you love Jesus. Because there's a lot of people that say, man, I love Jesus. I, 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 I love Jesus and Jesus is first. But yet their life shows differently, you see. You see, there's many people that, that really don't love. They say they love Jesus, but they really don't because they simply exploit Jesus. Now, I'm going to be truthful here, and I, and I might hit some nerves here, but it's the truth. And, and every time, I, every week I get on this, I speak the truth. God's anointing me to speak his word, speak the truth, and that's what I'm going to do. So if, if, if you get convicted, don't take it out on me. That's the Holy Spirit telling you you need to change. Amen? See, many people really don't love Jesus. They exploit him. What do I mean? They want him to do for them. They want him to serve them. They don't want to serve him. They don't want to they, they give up the things for the glory of God, for the kingdom of heaven, for the kingdom of God. They want Jesus and they want God to answer all their needs and all their wants. Well, God's not going to give you what you want. Sometimes he does, but he wants you to use that for the kingdom. 
He gives you your needs, Jesus says. That's why you pray to I, Father. He gives you what? Daily bread. Bread means you need. So there's a lot of people in this world, they say they love him, but do they really love him? Are they living in his ways? Are they following his commands? Are they allowing the spirit to move and lead them in a direction that's going to glorify the Father and glorify the kingdom? Hallelujah. Let me give you an example of what I mean. There's pastors and there's priests and there's, there's ministers that preach, right? And they, and they get paid because they need to make a living. But when you turn on the TV and you have all these evangelists and all these pastors on TV, that's, that's prosperity gospels, right? Prosperity preachers, so to speak. They make millions and millions of dollars. Well, if, what if you take away the millions and millions of dollars, right? They preach because they're making money. That's what I mean, and lots of money. I'm not talking about a regular pastor in a, in a local church, a priest in a local... No, those people hardly get paid anything. I'm talking about people that preach on television, prosperity stuff, that make millions. You take them millions away and watch how many preach. Not many, I would venture to say. Right? So he's saying, you keep my commands... Because you love me. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Are you allowing the spirit to move in your life where you glorify the father in all things you do and you're glorifying his kingdom? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. He says, the one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father. It's all about relationship. Because you follow, because you obey, you put Jesus first, you take on his character. Man, this shows love for Jesus. It shows love for our Heavenly Father. And because of this, he says, God loves you. Now, God loves everyone. And it's, it's God's hope that everyone gets into the kingdom of heaven, into the kingdom of God. But we know that that's not a fact. That's not going to happen. And again, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and tell you that the God that we worship, Yahweh, I am, right? Through his son, Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, right? He wants to lead you for the purposes of the kingdom. And how can he lead you? Through that relationship. That's why every morning you should wake up and pray. But not only pray, you can tell God your desires of your heart. He's not necessarily going to get them. Like I said before, he might. But you need to use it for his kingdom. And if you don't, he'll take it away. But it's relationship. It's intimacy. It's not only praying, but listening. Remember Moses. Go back to Moses in Exodus. God talked to Moses and God said, strike the rock, strike the rock, strike the rock. And it did. But then the last time God said, what? Speak to the rock. But Moses struck it. See, Moses wasn't listening. And because of that, the judgment of God came down on Moses. So listening is just as important as talking. But the only way we can do that is if we sit down in our prayer closet, right? Find a place, not just a closet itself, but find a place, a, a chair, wherever, 
where you can sit every morning and talk to Jesus by means of the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's just very important scripture here. Because people are always wondering. And people are always saying, right? Does God love me? Well, the question should be not, am I going to be loved by God? That shouldn't be the question. The question should really be, am I going to experience the love of God in my life? There's a huge difference. Well, to do that, notice what he says. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. So by walking in his ways, doing the Father's will, living for a kingdom purpose, that's what he means. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father. In other words, he's well pleased with what you're doing. In other words, he's saying you welcome into my kingdom. And I too will love them and show myself to them. Now remember what he says. The world's not going to perceive him. The world doesn't understand him. You see, most people, back in Jesus' time, when Jesus ascended back into heavens, they could care less. They didn't care when he came the first time as a baby born in, in a manger, in a cave. They didn't care. So you, if they didn't care then, they surely didn't care when he departed and he went back to the heavens. And for most people in this world, Jesus is not something that they think about. But you see, if you're a follower, if you're a believer, if you're a disciple of, of Jesus, God Almighty, if you're someone who believes in the truth, who believes in this Bible, then Jesus is everything to you. Amen? And, and, and what we should want more than anything else, man, is to experience that love that he gives. To experience that peace, that rest, and that comfort that only the Holy Spirit gives us. And that's Jesus Christ. Amen? Now notice what else the scripture says. He says, you will be loved by the Father, and I will love you. So it's putting together these two things. It's putting together the love of the Father and the love of Jesus as one. Unity. Now look at the end of this verse. He says, and I too will love them, and I will show myself to them. See, what he's talking about is how his presence is going to be manifested into our lives, right? And once this manifestation happens, it changes everything for us. You see, there's nothing better than when the Holy Spirit enters you, when the Holy Spirit convicts you and that you listen, that the Holy Spirit's moving in you and he leads your life. See, he's teaching us as we walk in obedience to him, to his commands. As we get closer into relationship with him, we walk more in obedience to the truth of God, to the word of God, to this Bible. When we live in this way, then we're going to be loved by God and we can experience the love of Jesus that's going to be manifested within us. You see, this means that we, we, we have come to know and understand him better. It's through the manifestation of him. Because we're growing in Him, right? We're maturing in our knowledge about Him, in our knowledge about the Bible, in our knowledge about truth, about the kingdom of God. And when this becomes a reality for us, it changes our life forever for the good, for the positive. See, the more you know about Him, the more you're going to be able to perceive Him, to perceive 
rightly to situations of everyday life. And that's a great blessing. The more the Spirit moves in you, the more you won't be deceived by this world. Amen? Verse 22. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? So we see here that Judas, now remember, it's not Judas Iscariot. It's another disciple named Judas. He doesn't understand what Jesus is saying. See, it's not that God picked certain people to show himself to. No, that's not true at all. God shows himself to every person. It's a matter of that person commits to him. It's a matter of that person is walking in the spirit and letting the spirit lead them, following his commands, having a relationship with Jesus, walking in obedience, doing the father's will, doing his purposes. This is when the Holy Spirit begins to move in a person's life. Last verse for today, verse 23, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. So it all comes down to what I just spoke about. It all comes down to whether or not you can, you're going to commit yourself to Jesus. Whether or not you're going to walk in righteousness and holiness, in obedience to his commands, following the truth, following his word, following the Bible, doing his will. See, if you do these things, then you're going to have the love of God in your life. And Jesus is going to show himself to you by means of the Holy Spirit, which means the Holy Spirit is going to be working in you and through you for a kingdom purpose. And you're going to be obedient to that. You're going to want that. Look what else he says. Anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. See, this means obeying, following, implementing his word, implementing this Bible into your life. He says, my father will love them and I will come to them and make our home with them. He's speaking about the kingdom of God. Now, let me ask you this question. Where do you want to spend eternity? When I ask that question to people, I get a lot of responses, man, I want to, I want to be in heaven. But this is not correct. Be, because this is not supported by scripture. Heaven's only temporary, people. I spoke about this many times in this Bible study group. It's only temporary. You see, when you die, right? Or if the rapture happens before you die, then, and you're a believer in Christ Jesus, meaning you, you live the righteous life, you're repentant of sins, Right? You, 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 you following in his ways, you want to glorify the father, you, you obey to that, you, you obedient to all that, then yes, you're going to go to heaven. However, heaven's not like going to last for eternity because the Bible tells us when Jesus comes back at the second coming, he's coming back with the saints, he's coming back with the church, which means believers. Because if you read 1 Thessalonians, it tells you, it talks about how the dead in Christ will rise first and those who are alive and well in this earth will be what? Caught up in the air, right? That's rapture. That's the rapture, caught up. We know that Jesus comes down with the church believers. He steps foot on the Mount of Olives. Now, we know that that mountain's going to split into two, forming a valley. That valley ushers in the millennial kingdom of God. That starts the establishment of the kingdom of God. 
And we know that that goes on the millennial reign for a thousand year reign. Until the great white throne judgment where we all stand before Christ, believers and unbelievers. Because remember, everybody's resurrected. Believers are resurrected and unbelievers. But unbelievers are resurrected at the very end of that thousand year millennial reign for the white throne judgment. And all those unbelievers, they're going to bow before Jesus. They're going to confess that Jesus is Lord, that he's king of kings. But Jesus is going to tell him, depart from me, you evil and wicked, because I never knew you. Because what? You never knew me. You never had a relationship with me. You denied me. You grieved the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what he's saying. Then he ushers them into the lake of fire. The book of Revelation tells us. Then the new heaven, the new Jerusalem, right? The new Jerusalem, that city comes down to earth. And Jesus says, all things are created new. See, we need to look at the, what the Old Testament prophets say. And what the Old Testament prophets say, besides the book of Revelation, the Old Testament prophets tell us that God, His utmost desire, right, is to dwell with us. See, He's not talking about our ascension into heaven. But if you look again at the end of the scripture, Jesus says, my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home, our home with them. Now, last week we talked about how Jesus says, I, I, I'm, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to prepare a place for you, right? Some of your Bibles might say, I'm going to prepare a mansion. He's talking about habitation. He's talking about the kingdom of God. And that's what he's talking about here. Our home with them. This is a kingdom expression, people. It's not heavenly. It's a kingdom, an eternal kingdom that will last forever. And you read about this in the book of Revelation. Amen. And that ends our lesson for today. We're going to be back next week. We're going to continue on and finish the gospel of John chapter 14 next week. I hope this gave you some encouragement. Uh, if, if you feel the need to, to share this podcast with, with friends and with neighbors, with loved ones, please do. Uh, we're here every week. I'm here once a week on here, uh, normally on Wednesday or Thursday, uh, speaking the, the truth of God and providing the truth of God and giving people a hope and the truth because that's what it's all about. It's about the truth of God. It's about us having a relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ by means of the Holy Spirit so we can enter into that kingdom where, where, where we live with, with Jesus and we live with the Father forever. Until next week, we love you guys. We sure do appreciate you turning in. God bless.